Weir's World, the All Ears podcast, in association with Hoppy's Dry Suit Services, keeping you dry in the wet stuff. For more information, search Hoppy's Dry Suit Services on Facebook. Welcome to Weir's World, the All Ears podcast, which will take you on a roller coaster journey around the world. Follow me from Beijing to New York City and back as I share my tales to tell, encompassing the 10 years of Gliadric and the Kabbalistic Cavalry, as well as touring with some well known faces. From celebrity stories to travel nightmares, We'll be reminiscing on the ridiculousness of it all, with special guests jumping in along the way. All Ears is your new favourite weekly podcast. Happy New Year! Happy New Year, Craig. All the best to you. <laughs> all the yeah. best for 2021. Uh, and Happy New Year to all our listeners. They're back. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they are. I well, mean, it's a bit of a miracle. Hopefully they've can we Can we say that we've been doing this podcast for two years now? 2020, I mean, 2021. I guess we could. It's literally only been about six months, but... Not, not even that, yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say so. Two years, two, two whole, whole years. years 2020, 2021. Yeah. Oh, it's unbelievable. Just, did, how what would, a career. What did you think of last year? Since we usually summarise things on this what, podcast. What did I think of 2020? Yeah. That was a bit of a storm, wasn't it? It really was. It was horrific. Um, you know, there were positives maybe along the way, like starting this podcast. We might yeah. We might never yeah. have started this podcast if it wasn't for the pandemic. I don't think we would have. No, I genuinely we, we don't. We wouldn't have had no. the time. Yeah, we wouldn't have had the inspiration necessarily to have started it. So that's one positive. Yeah. And we we've spent a lot of time together doing these podcasts. I think we're over like 11 or 12 hours combined now. Yeah, We went to school together yeah. and we've been through a lot of things together. I feel yep. like I know you about so much better than what I did when we, st- when we started. <laughs> yeah. I feel like ne- next time we go out and, I don't know, do a tour or do some gigs, like rather than the band having the private jokes among each other, it'll be they- they'll all be feeling left out. Yeah, <laughs> it'll just be podcast <laughs> jokes. I'll be driving past an Aldi. Oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. Remember <laughs> the time we mentioned Aldi. <laughs> Dri- I don't know, like driving past a life model here or there. Or like, I don't know, just... Drive- <laughs> Models. <laughs> do you drive past them? You never really know when you're driving past a life model, though, do you? That's well, unless they are life modelling in the street at that time. Yeah, then you would know, I suppose. <clears throat> New Year's resolutions. Currently, at this this moment in time, I don't have any, but I probably should. I really want to do a gig. That's probably play a gig. You want to play a gig? No, because you remember how those kazoos went a few <laughs> few weeks ago. That did not go well at all. Yeah, there's probably a good reason why we didn't think it was appropriate to do a 28th of December episode yeah. <laughs> after the kazoos have been unleashed. <laughs> have you got any resolutions? Obviously, the pandemic makes you refl- it made you it give it's given us time to reflect. It's made me think about the importance of living in the moment a bit more. Yeah. yeah? Mm-hmm. So I'm always kind of anticipating something or like looking for something or like I don't know. Just I think living in the moment is quite an important thing and appreciating company that you yeah. have. Um, yeah. I think it's really important. I have to say, for the last two years, I've kind of loosely said that my New Year's resolution would be to climb Ben Nevis. And I've not done it yet. Well, I was about to ask how that's coming along. <clears throat> it's not really coming along too great. I had one of, one of my ambitions was to do a 10k. In the summer there, I did a yeah, 100k, 10 kilometres in 10 consecutive days mm-hmm. charity running challenge with uh, my good mate James for Eagles Wings Trust oh, yeah. in Dundee, yeah. raising money for homeless people and those who are suffering from addiction, yeah. which went down really well, but I think I'm kind of done with 10Ks. I, I, initially, I would have thought maybe a marathon mm-hmm. might have been a good thing to aim for this year, but that really killed my body. My hips still give me jip after that. So Ben Nevis is possibly a no-no, is that what you're saying? I don't know, I'd really like to do Ben Nevis. Do you remember um, earlier on, well, I say earlier on, do you remember last year when I, I suggested we go hiking? Yes. And then yeah. uh, uh, the hike went from a random hike up some hill to me saying... Fancy going up and just doing Ben Nevis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it escalated very quickly. I think... And I, th- I think I said, get a grip of yourself, we're not doing that. <laughs> Don't be so stupid. 
<laughs> and then the pub's open at five. Shall we go there instead? <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think your reaction, though, to being asked to do a podcast was similar. A podcast? Yeah. Nah, I'm not doing that. It really was. And fun. here we are, two years into two the podcast. <laughs> don't forget that fact. We're two years <laughs> in now. Two years into the podcast. So maybe, I don't know, maybe maybe we could do an episode of the podcast from the top of Ben Nevis. Possibly. There's more, th- more important things to talk about this evening. We have a yeah. guest. Yeah. We'll have a guest on An this evening. An actual guest as well. An actual guest that's none of that Gliadric riffraff. Oh, none of them. Nah, no. none of that, had none enough of them. So, oh, yeah. Had enough. So, yeah. We're, we're joined tonight by Mr. Jai McDill of Britain's Got Talent fame. Um, how you doing, Jai? I'm all right, Craig. How's it going? Yeah, we're good, mate. Yeah, it's nice to see you. It's been a wee while again. You say see. This is a podcast. You're always supposed to hear me. The thing is, though, right, you messaged me earlier in the week and said, like, are we recording this? Are we recording the visuals from this? Or are we just doing the audio? And you lied. And I, I, <laughs> no, I, I didn't lie. I expected you to have a bit of... You could have worn some indecent rather than turning up with your man Kenny. Do you know what I mean? Well, I just thought you guys would like it. I've heard stories. Mm, what yeah. stories have you had? He knows far too much by the sounds of it. Sorry. Awkward. <laughs> uh, how, um, how did you cope with the pandemic and stuff? Like, how's it been for you? Like... I think at the start of it, because I tour a lot and I'm away, I enjoyed the time at home and being able to do things. And I don't know, I painted my house, which was random, like the outside. <laughs> what a fun job. It actually was a fun job. I really enjoyed it. I'm weird like that. I grew grass from seed because I decided to dig away part of my garden and then I didn't have a way to put it. So I put it on my grass, which turned into sludge, basically. I had to grow my grass back, it was great. And then, yeah, got through all that list, started giving myself jobs I didn't actually have at the beginning, and then got bored, and that's when things got dark. We've got a real I'm only joking, they never got dark, they didn't get dark. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, um, <laughs> I was just no. going to say, we've got a real exclusive here. Jai McDowell spent 2020 painting the house, sowing grass, and getting dark. We started a podcast, but I mean, that's I think you've beat us. You sowed some grass. I know. To be fair... That's actually one of the things that I've kind of, I kind of hate it about the whole lockdown thing. And I'm, I'm all for people being proactive and productive, but I just haven't been. <laughs> and I'm like, don't make me feel bad because I've spent half the time in my jammies. That's okay though. Like, <laughs> why not? I like, do you know what? Everybody deals with it in different ways. And I actually, I've been, I've, I've not been too bad. I've like revamped my website. I released a single. I painted my house. Um, <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I've, um, I've done a few different things. Like I've done some virtual work with with Jonathan. I've done one of a show of our tour from 2019. So we done a virtual one of them, and then I done a virtual concert with my dad, which was really fun. And then yeah, I've just sort of tried to figure out new ways to. What were you doing? Out there. Doing right up until COVID hit, were you out performing and stuff? Yeah. So actually, I was on tour with Susan Boyle the very week that we sort of. So the week before we went into lockdown, literally, I think. We finished maybe on the Sunday night and by like the end of the week, we're all been told that we were staying in our houses for a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> just a couple, yeah. Well, yeah, because j- just before we came on, on the recording, we were talking about how the last time I saw you was actually March 2020 um, when, <laughs> when you were starting off the tour with Susan Boyle and you were just saying there that for some, some reason you'd actually remembered something like trivial um, for a change and that when you came to Dundee, Dundee was the only like place that had cases in or one of the only places that had cases in Scotland and then how crazy it was really to then be <laughs> going off tour in the UK after that. 
I mean, we didn't know how bad it was at the time, to be fair. Yeah. We were just told to wash our hands and sanitize. <laughs> wash your there hands, none of happy this. birthday. You, well, you actually, just... happy birthday wasn't a thing. Going around the country with like a wee tickle in your throat thinking, ah, this is fine, I'll just, I'll keep going. Well, do you know what? I actually think, <laughs> too much info, but I think I had it. I think I had it like before Susan tour, I was down in London rehearsing for a show down there. It was just a one night thing, but we were there for three weeks rehearsing and um, everyone in the cast had it. And literally like the week before I went, I was in my bed floored and I was like, this is horrible. Like the symptoms that people speak about, I genuinely was like, yeah, I've, I've, I honestly think I had it. But a lot of people do. Like a lot of people yeah. are like, oh yeah, I had it at Christmas okay, yeah. and whatever. And so, I mean, you never know. It might yeah. have been here longer than we think. But we are, this episode for the purposes of the recording, is going out on the 4th of January. Uh, we're currently recording it on the 24th of November, so we're a wee bit ahead of the game. Jai, have you got any New Year's resolutions lined up so far? What are you thinking is going to be your resolution for 2021? I always say that I'm going to be more productive, and if I had more time, I'd do this, but I've had a lot of time <laughs> recently, and I've done nothing. Do you know what? I don't have any. I don't have any, because the thing is, I think one of the things this year actually has taught me is plans can get messed up by anything. So... It's like being more adaptable to changing situations. And I'm, I'm quite good anyway, because like I'm, I spend a lot of my time touring and living out a suitcase and yeah. jumping on planes at the last kick and things like that. And it's fun. Like I actually, I said that to somebody, I was like, I genuinely miss it. Like mm. there's been times where somebody's phoned me up and been like, can you be on a plane? Like it's seven o'clock tonight. And I'm like, what? No. But actually, I wish somebody would phone me and be like, can you come and fly out somewhere nice right now? Maybe, maybe we should prank call Jai and just, <laughs> yeah, can you get on a flight to China? <laughs> I mean, I think that, <laughs> I mean, hmm, oh, 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 I never, yeah, never, never thought about that, actually. Maybe not China. They're okay now. Do you know what, we were just talking before we started the recording about how my like New Year's resolution is probably to like live in the moment a bit more. So it's kind of exactly what you're saying, like appreciate what we've got going on at that time and not grumble about it, I suppose, really. Yeah. Because the thing is, we're quite, you know, it's quite a, a lucky industry. Obviously, you get to travel and perform and stuff as well. And we're just lucky, fuckers. And the thing is, and it's, it's so amazing. Like, they always say that like, you don't know what you've got until it's taken away from you or it's gone yeah. or whatever. And do you know the fact that I genuinely can't do my job? Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to um, rewind all the way back to the, I guess, the start of your... Yeah. Nice rewinding noise. <laughs> sound, sound effects. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to rewind. Rewind. We'll do it again. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna rewind all the way back to the start of your kind of uh, musical career. Have you always like had you always been into singing? I know that your dad obviously like was a keen singer and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of where it comes from. Like my dad, as from a very young age, I used to see my dad going out every weekend to to gig and and things like that, and and even going to my nana and papa's like his uh, mum and dad they also like played the kind of circuit locally so they just always have you singing and recording it to this wee weird funny tape recorder thing with a microphone it's terrible i probably should remember the names but it's like nursery rhymes about airplanes <laughs> and stuff that i just don't remember um, my dad could probably tell you but I'd, i haven't got a clue um, i was about to ask you do you remember the first song you ever sung but it was obviously that nursery rhyme about the airplanes <laughs> well i that well-known I mean, nursery rhyme. i mean I, I this is slightly embarrassing but it's it's disney so it's, okay. it's not my fault <laughs> uh, but nah. it was Little Mermaid so it was like the songs for Little Mermaid were the songs that I can remember remembering yeah. if that makes yeah. sense my my mum always tells me it reminds me that the first song that I ever sang was Oasis Don't Look Back in Anger and I think that's the coolest first I mean, song yours is definitely, <laughs> definitely a lot better than mine <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah. I mean, if you think about Frozen and, and shows like that, like it just oh, yeah. seeps into your consciousness. Yeah. I bet you, you even know the words to yeah, 100%. that song that I can't remember the name of right now. You're, you're, <laughs> let it go, Jay. There it is. Clearly, I'm let it go. It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> Obviously, you had um, experiences of like auditioning for you know different TV talent shows um, before you ended up on Britain's Got Talent because Ali's been doing his research and tells me that you had auditioned for. Were you on holiday in 2009 by any chance? Yes. And did you audition for the American Idol experience while you were on that yes. holiday? And it was actually, that was a, a strange sort of happening, actually, that, that trip. I used to work as a support worker and we had a, a kind of central office that was an old church, just that's a fun fact. And I was called into the office one day and I thought, oh no, what have I done? What have I done? I goes into the office and there's a couple of people at the table and I don't really know them that well um, because I don't know I think I'd been in the job maybe less than a year and this woman says oh what are you doing oh so my boss sorry my boss is there as well so I thought I'd done something wrong and uh, this woman says to me um what are you doing next week around Thursday I was like I don't know and I'm looking at my boss thinking I'm, I've definitely got a shift in definitely I've, I must be doing something she's right do you have a passport and I'm like uh-huh she's right cool and uh, have you, when was the last time do you like theme parks and I was like I, theme parks are great I love roller coasters she's like, right cool she's like do you fancy a two-week holiday in Florida <laughs> I was like, oh, pardon? Pardon? and uh, so actually I went with someone to to support them to go um they were 18 and they were coming to the end of the sort of support package and that was them like they'd saved up a lot of money so they just decided I want to go away on holiday so I ended up because just it was another circumstance I think um, somebody had to pull out family issues mm. and I ended up getting to go to Florida it was kind of cool when the guy actually said to me he was like oh, I didn't know you could sing I was like to be fair, <laughs> until about three weeks ago we didn't really know each other but yeah I mean I went and I had like surfer style hair and it was random it was really random but it was good though I actually really enjoyed it they, um, they took you in and so you had to go through a couple of auditions throughout the day and then you got to sing so on the stage I can't remember what season it was I think it was possibly season five or something like that at the time but the stage you were on was actually one of the old stages from a series of American Idol mm. and so I remember going on and, and the guy was kind of saying to me like oh do you do this it's for a living I was like no I do that for a living I think I come dressed like a surfer <laughs> for, for this <laughs> it, it turned out though that I well I was the only they called me a foreigner because obviously I'm not from America but I was the only foreigner to win the kind of golden ticket and it was a shame actually because one of the girls the girl that was the runner up she was phenomenal and I tried to find her afterwards to give her the ticket because I was like I can't use this I'm not American so they won't let me use it but I've still got it somewhere it's in a box I keep meaning to buy one of those fancy frames for it and put it on my wall but what do you get for like winning a golden ticket I don't imagine it's like Willy Wonka and you just get a tour of a chocolate factory like what what I mean that would have been great (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I know. Yeah, I would, what do you, what would, do you uh, get? Like, what does that golden ticket entitle you to? It entitled you to, at the time, I don't know if it's changed or that or if it's still there. I actually don't know if it's still there. But it entitles you to get to the front of any edition. So I, I don't know whether it means you skip oh. a stage or you whatever, but it's basically you don't have to do the whole queue. You can right. call up the producers and be like, hi, I won this and this is me done my pre-auditions or whatever. We should maybe and, try uh, now. I know. That would be great. I, I genuinely, I, I'd won Britain's Got Talent and I'm pretty sure I found the ticket again. I emailed the email and stuff just to ask I was like oh blah 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 <laughs> so, might as well try it 
<laughs> and uh, and they were like, "Oh no, you're not an American citizen." I was like, "Oh well, well I'll no be going there then." <laughs> so like, which is a shame. That was 2009, and then presumably your your first edition for Britain's Got Talent was 2010. Then was it? Or yes. Was it- yeah. Yes, no, that's right. No, you're right. It was the kind of November time, so roughly talk, around about that. Um, talk to us about that. How how did your first edition go? How were you feeling? Like, what was the what did you um, say? So I sang anthem as well for the pre-edition because well up until this point, so I, I auditioned for American Idol, but I also actually auditioned for X Factor a couple of times as well throughout okay. the years from like a very young age. I was I sixteen or seventeen? Maybe the first time I was quite young and I auditioned for it. Yeah, three times. And then I got through to a boot camp stage at Wembley and then got, got put out before the dance round, which was probably a good time. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then I left. And I just, I think that's what sort of, because that was that was in 2010, so that was mm-hmm. sort of maybe June, okay. July, I think, something like that. And um, I, I just decided that was that was it. I thought, you know what, I really want it, but X Factor, this is my third time in X Factor. I've not gotten like as far as I wanted to get. And so... I just, I can't remember what it was. My dad likes to take credit for this because actually, um, another fun fact, my dad and I auditioned at the same time for Britain's Good Talent. But he, he, claims that it was him that put me forward for it but I don't think it was I think I remember doing it myself we'll never know because my memory is not great and did, uh, did you so you then got through to like so you've done your pre-auditions you got through to the next like to the main auditions and stuff a bit yes did you have a sob story or, or how did you how did you manage to get through um <laughs> without, without, without being harsh how did you wow. get through <laughs> I can't wait till we see each other again, Craig. <laughs> um, no, I don't think I did. I done a couple editions in Glasgow, and then I got through, and it just so happened that I couldn't make the Glasgow edition. So they asked me to go to Liverpool, and I was like, "That's really far away. I'm not going there." And then it was my mum and dad. My auntie lives like down that way, and they were just like, "No, you're going." <laughs> I was like, yeah. "Okay, fair enough." So we went, and um, we sort of kind of made a sort of trip out of it went to my auntie's house and then went and done the audition and it was good actually it was really good it's quite it's actually quite funny because my mum my dad and my auntie are all in the audience for the very first edition not once do you see their face <laughs> <laughs> it's like it pans into some girl that i don't know and someone else that i don't know how many auditions had you done before you then got to the one where you did it in front of a live audience two i two. think two. Did, did you obviously you met aunt and dick did you get to meet the the judges amanda michael and david uh, no, not yeah. well. Not in the first one. I didn't get to meet them until you. I went down to London. They, you had that edition, and uh-huh. then you had a semi-final reveal edition down in the Apollo in London. Yeah. And then. So your 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 edition then was in the in the Apollo. The next part, the the semi-final part. Yeah. The yeah. same. Well, actually, so it ended up actually. I just ended up going down, and what they do is like they split you into different groups and. Like it's like everyone sat over there and everyone sat over there and they yeah. send this side home and then that side home and whatever and and I actually ended up never having to do anything really at that point. In fact, <laughs> the highlight of my day was getting bit by a tiny dog. <laughs> yeah. How well, old were How old were you when you were going through? Britain? Me, mm, twenty four. Okay. Twenty four, and I remained twenty four for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, still twenty four. I won the show, I was 24 in June, and I turned 24 in July. But see, because I'd spent so long telling people I was 24, I think I stayed 24 <laughs> until about November. <laughs> I was like, oh no, wait, I'm 25, I'm 25, I've had a birthday. That must have felt mental at the time, to then be, yeah. to know that you're a way to be live across the across the country. 
yeah, what you what you you get a semi-final performance on like one of the midweek nights, and then you're put through to like the final on the Saturday. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So my my semi-final was a Thursday. My obviously the final was the Saturday night. So it was it was random. It was really random. I mean, in between all this, it does take quite a long time, and our year um, took a bit longer because sadly Amanda Holden had a miscarriage during the show, oh, so and did. so she had to take a lot more time off. Like, so I think it was from roughly the November time, maybe the end of October, mm. right through to June. But in between all this, you're like going home, and I hadn't told anybody really at home except my folks and my boss to try yeah. and get time off work. As I say, I had auditioned for things before, and I'd yeah. always tell people, and then I was, yeah. I was always sort of having to be like, oh, by the way, I didn't get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've kind of carried that on now. Like, see if I'm doing auditions for like West End shows or, or things like that, I'll, I'll tend to keep it quiet until I know whether. I'm getting further on or whatever, yeah. just so that I'm not like, oh, I don't get it. Egg on my yeah, face. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Anyway, right. so... Around that time, though, right? Around that week where you're on national TV, right, and whatnot, your phone, you must have just had to turn your phone off. Was your phone not red hot with people pretending to know you, people who did know you, people who didn't like died. you, suddenly liked you? Oh, it died. My phone died. I had a small, was it like an HTC phone? <laughs> like a really small HTC phone. And, and it just packed in and we went from I'm trying to remember the timeline so the Saturday night was the final mm-hmm. and then for about a week yeah roughly a week I had a lot of press yeah and then we went on the BGT tour and we were going round on this tour and my my phone just kept crashing kept stopping kept I was surprised yeah. and I was like oh I, I can't handle this so I ended up this this is how I get sucked into the iPhone life because um, <laughs> yeah. I went I went to the shop and I was like what's your best phone right now I need something that's going to handle like all this new because Twitter like things like Twitter and stuff I had a Facebook account and it's quite funny because around this time of year I'll get notifications because from like nine years ago of doing like yeah. a radio tour for the album <laughs> it's just like it's all on my personal account and I'm like oh yeah I've just been in West FM and Clyde and all these like <laughs> stations and I'm like what what What's wrong with you? And then you read your post from about ten years ago, and you think oh, that's <laughs> really grandma, bad when you my, do that. Yeah, my grammar's definitely improved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really, um, it's really embarrassing when you do that. When you look on and you see your posts from, yeah. like, oh, how like how were you feeling on the build up to that final? I don't really know how to describe it. I, I think because I wasn't used to London and I wasn't used to obviously TV studios, all that sort of thing. I was on this like positive mental attitude kick. I was like, no, I must say yes to things. I must not yeah. get tired and angry and don't. I'm really bad. And it's probably, I think a lot of Scottish performers will be like, yeah, we're all the same. Like we can be quite self-deprecating in mm-hmm. terms of like, I don't know, I, I'm quite bad for like, say if I'm with somebody and there's loads of performers, like I am, I done my first West End job last February. I genuinely felt like I was a, big, a fish out of water, even though I knew I could do the job. And when it got down to the, the crux of it and, and I was on stage, I was fine. Like, I was absolutely fine. Like, my, you're, like you're, our friends that saw, saw the show were like... Quite a musical person, aren't you? As in, you like musicals, you performed in musicals and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, see my biggest issue in life, I love everything. <laughs> <laughs> just like, ah, it's fine. Just, I'm singing. This is why you never get one genre of music to me. I'm just terrible. That's great. Um, that's, that's good. That's good to be in a way. It's great unless you're getting told by a record label that they don't know what to do with you. <laughs> that. Yeah, that, that, that's when it becomes a challenge. So speaking of record labels, how was your relationship with the judges? Ali was asking there about how you met them. Like, did you like have regular contact with them? How was your relationship with them? What were they like? Uh, 
No. <laughs> so to be fair, Britain's Got Talent literally is only a week long when yeah. you're doing sort of the live shows. So, and I'm only on one night, well, semi final night and then the final. So, in between all that, you're sort of practicing and in a wee room. And, and I had just, so the, the vocal coach on the show was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. And I still use her to this day because she just was, was brilliant and very chilled out. And I was like, I like you. She's from New Zealand, so she's just got one of those voices. It's like, if I'm ever tired, I'm just going to phone you up and listen to you talk to me until I fall asleep because you're so soothing. But um, I, so, yeah, so I was away practicing and just focusing on on what I was doing. And so you don't really see an awful lot of people unless they're roundabout. In fact, actually, one of the types was quite funny. I was um, a tiny wee HTC phone, had a nice leather case. <laughs> and uh, I was on the phone and Ant walked past me. And I lifted my hand to say hi because I was on the phone, forgetting I had the case in my hand. It flew off, slapped him in the face, <laughs> him in the face and I just went. <gasps> I couldn't say anything because I was on the, I was on like a call. I couldn't, I can't remember who I was talking to, but I was in an interview. And I just, I saw him like the fear in my face. I was like, oh my god, don't, don't punch me. Oh no! But it was lovely. He just picked it up off the phone. So you, was, and I was like, oh, you lit, mm-hmm. literally through a phone case, and meanwhile you're going. Hold on, Aunt. I'm on the phone just now. I'll, I'll apologise. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm on. A, I'm on an interview. Just you hang fire. Um, <laughs> after. Oh no, I did. Yeah, no, I did. <laughs> and thankfully, you know, they, they don't hate me. So uh, we make a habit of having to apologise to people on this podcast. I think we've got an exclusive. Jeremy McDill yeah. apologises to Aunt McPartland. There you go. Um, oh, okay, that's fine. I mean, I'd like. I'd like to think it hasn't taken nine years, <laughs> nine years. for you to apologise to him. <laughs> I mean, I apologised to him right there, except I just didn't say it out loud. I was like, I'm sorry. One of those, like, I'm sorry. Anyway. (laughs) Simon Kill, um, a lot was made at the time, right, when you were on Britain's Got Talent about, well, you know, the media like to sensationalise things and there was uh, a quote from you that was perhaps used out of turn, um, certainly from the conversations that we've had, where it was suggested that you were suggesting that Simon was anti-Scottish. Where, like, where yeah. did that come from, or why did that arise, or what? How was it blown out of proportion, and what was the situation? So, the year after I was on, um, the semi-finals were happening, and actually, I think she's now first name's Paige. She had just been put out of the show as the last Scottish contestant. So, I was doing a, a column for one of the the newspapers in Scotland, and I had taken the call after the show. The guy came on, and he was like, "Oh, so you know, there's all this um, controversy around." page being put out you know it's the last scottish contestant and there's sort of backlog of like experiences with scottish people from shows like so by this point i hadn't been invited back to the show and but he also kind of brought up the other guy brought up people like you know michelle mcmanus and leon jackson and kind of how their experience was and things and basically gave me a lot of reasons why simon could be anti-scottish and then asked me if simon was anti-scottish and I, i just laughed and i was like oh yeah it sounds like it and then I went on to say, no, it was really good for me. It gave me, because the thing is, my album that I had from Sony, it's not actually part of the prize. He gave me it, like, yeah. out with sort of thing. And also, I can obviously, I mentioned Susan as well at the time, because she had yeah. blown up and was a worldwide sensation at the time. And then, you know, it just went from there. And Simon got wind of that. And he made a kind of negative comment back. And it just was, I was like, what? Yeah. What? what? So, and the lucky thing is, like, I had friends around that night that I'd done the interview, right. and the guy that was around, he was like, "You didn't say that." I was like, "I know." <laughs> <laughs> so, like, how many but, times yeah. did you meet Simon? Like, and what is he? What's he really like up to in now? my life? Yeah, now twice. <laughs> 
Yeah, so, you were expecting a much bigger answer, weren't you? We've we've spoken about this briefly before, but not so yeah. much so since um you've been on Britain's Got Talent the Champions. Mm-hmm. So hence why I was asking. Um so you right. no, met, twice. Met twice. Yeah. So and, once during the first series and, and once during Britain's Got Talent Champions. And, so, and what yeah. is he like? Like what is he like as a person? Is he exactly um, the same on the screen or does he play up to it? The first time I met him, I had literally won the show and I get taken off to meet all the judges. So I met David Hasselhoff and Amanda and Michael and then Simon last. And he kind of spoke to me and was saying stuff that my head was, I was away. I was just like, I have what just happened to my life? <laughs> yeah. And um, and so I don't, I genuinely don't even know what we spoke about. I think he, he did say something. So he'd made a comment before I'd won about my performance being sort of kind of monotone. Right. And so I had to sing again after I'd won. And he, he said, oh, that was so much better the second time. And I think I said, yeah, that's because you called me monotone or something to that effect. And then in my head, I'm going, no, no, why did you just say that? <laughs> so, and it, but he laughed at me and he was like, oh, well, yeah, you took it on board. Da, da, da. And I was like, cool, that's fine. That's fine. What else <laughs> happened now? So then I just, and I, because I had, I went into that fight, fight or flight mode. I was like, yeah. <gasps> But no, do you know what? It was lovely that time. And then obviously everything. And that's why actually I think I was so taken aback by like the comments that were made because I was like, it was it was lovely to my face. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So describe the feeling, right? When you're standing up on that stage in front of like literally the country, nationwide audience and whoever it was, Antler Deck said, and the winner is Jamie McDowell. What what is going through your head? At that point, I genuinely thought they got it wrong. Because <laughs> I had them... Um, so obviously Ronan uh, Park was the runner-up. And he was a 12-year-old cute wee kid who could actually sing. He was brilliant. And I thought, I've lost it. Totally yeah. lost it. It's fine. But I was I was okay because he was a nice kid. Like in, And his mum like his mum came with him at the time to like chaperone him. And they were all lovely. And I got on really well with him. And I think I would have been okay being second, if that makes sense. Because yeah, I was, I mean, it's fine. I quite like him. And so when I when they said my name because I expected his that's why I was like wait a minute what and I just lost it <laughs> I, I just I was like no way but then also my best friend's mum had told me not to cry on tv so I was like um she so was like if you cry on tv I'm gonna batter you so genuinely in my <laughs> head if you cry on tv yeah. I'm gonna batter you <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes definitely that was going through my head I was like don't cry don't cry don't cry yeah. don't swear because I just I didn't know what to it was a surreal moment it really was and I think because I, I don't know I got on with everybody I, it was almost this kind of I almost felt bad does that make sense like because I, I'd got on with all the, the, the contestants up to that point and because you're all in the same boat you sort of bond really quickly so after after you got over all that did you, presumably you had a massive party? What to, like did you have a big night out or like how what how did you celebrate? No, I mean no. So they had a, they had went, a, a went back, back went back to his house and started cutting the grass. Yeah, and cut the, the grass, painted the house. Yeah. <laughs> they had a party backstage, like for everyone, yeah. which was great and it was fun. And I obviously had friends and some family that came down to see the show and they were in the audience, so we kind of hung out. But I I don't know. I went straight back. Like they took you back to your hotel, so I went back to the hotel and had a few drinks in the hotel and then. Just went to my bed. But the next day, I stayed in my room because I didn't know... That sounds really weird, but I didn't know if I could leave. <laughs> yeah, that sounds... Like, I was like, can I go outside? Can I do things? Can I... And then it just... It was just kind of weird. And then I think I just had to take the day anyway. And I, I watched it. And I, I don't like... I just cemented it, though, for me. Like, I don't like watching myself on TV. Yeah. But I did watch it. And even watching it back, I was like, that's not me. 
you were saying that the record deal isn't actually part of the prize, but part of it was the Royal Variety performance. Mm. How was that? That was phenomenal. Honestly, like that still to this day is one of, uh, I would say my top three performances, like or experiences within my job, I think, because it was one of the first, and it was one of the first ones where I was in with, I don't like this word, but other celebrities, like yeah. I was in, you know, in that environment. And, and it was great just to see people like, like that I had only ever seen on TV. It was brilliant. I met like Peter Kay. Yeah, who, else, and, who else was on the show? Like who else was on the variety? Um, so Peter Kay was hosting it. Barry Manilow was there. Wow. Slept in his dressing room, but don't tell anyone. And, <laughs> and was he there? He wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't in my. No, no, he wasn't in my dressing room. <laughs> he just was the only one with a couch. So uh, yeah. So Barry Manilow, uh, Tony Bennett, uh, Tim Minchin, the a few of there was four phantoms like from Phantom of the Opera, uh, Nicole Scherzinger was singing with them. I think I met her three times, once in a pub randomly in Hackney, of all randomness. I was just in the pub and I was like, What kind of pubs were you drinking in at that time, by the way? Like, if you're there and Nicole Scherzinger turns up. Oh, no, it was a normal pub on the corner. Lovely <laughs> nice summer day. <laughs> she was in, she was actually in an, she skipped cat and she, uh, skip cat? Skip cap. And she had like tape on her fingers. Do you know how like basketball players sometimes put yeah. tape on their fingers? She had tape on her fingers. I was like, oh. <laughs> but anyway, I introduced myself and I was like, hi, we've met before. I'm wee jai. Uh, <laughs> can we be pals? And did she no, remember you? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, that really funny. so when was the variety performance in relation to Britain's Got Talent? Uh, the December. So, right, so 2011 uh, still? Yeah, yeah. Mm. So straight, basically straight after that year. And yeah, I know it was brilliant. And then who else was on it? Hayley Weston was on it. Uh, as I say, Pixie Lott was on it. Oh, Penn and Taylor. Now that oh, was phenomenal wow. for me because I used to watch, well, I used to watch them specifically yeah. like as a magic show, but I, they were also in <clears throat> things like Sabrina the Teenage Witch as well. Yeah. And it was just mad. And then um, I can't remember who's, which one, I think it was Penn, but the little one who never speaks, by the way, yeah. spoke to me. That wow. was weird. But he was like, oh, so, what and he was asked, well, so he was asking about Britain's Got Talent, and he was asking how it was going, and, and I kind of was saying, like, oh, yeah, it's, it's all still pretty new, like, I've just been gigging and stuff like that, and he's like, well, a couple of bits of advice, you know, don't gamble, and um, if you can if you can get away with it, don't drink too much, because you'll just, like, blow your money kind of thing, and I was like, okay, yeah, thank That's you. <laughs> yeah. It was good, it was really good, um, and to be fair, I'm not a gambler anyway, so, and as you know, I'm a rubbish drinker <laughs> so uh, that was 2011 and then we crossed paths first of all in 2012 uh, if you remember we met at the, the the launch of the pride of britain awards that year in glasgow no. and i i just remember like first of all us getting on and having a right laugh because we're standing there with the cheeky girls like what is that list of it i did like that that was random though see up into like the cheeky girls i don't know why i thought that was so funny I just, I think it was just like the cheeky girls and all you could, this is fine, something, yeah. something, something. Yeah. I don't want to say touch my bum on your podcast, but yeah, that's there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> touch my bum. Touch my bum. Touch my bum. So, is it... How is that allowed? Oh, oh, anyway. <laughs> Did they touch your bum? I don't know. I, I really wish they had because that would be a great story. I'd, see, honestly, I'm not being funny, but a lot of people have touched my bum in the past nine years. And it's really awkward. <laughs> yeah, I don't I bet... know if that's a sexual harassment or not. Could yeah. you not touch my bum, please? <laughs> like, genuinely, like, see when you're getting photos taken with people, 
and they're, they're, they're hand, you can feel their hand going down and you're like, no, no, please no. Yeah, I like you smiling on this photo, thank you. That's, that's not cool. I, did you, do you still have your picture with the cheeky girls? I don't know. Mine's just, my, you do. mine's just my profile picture for quite a while on social media. But I oh, also, because because we were coming on to talk to you tonight, I uh, I was showing Ali the pictures of you and I uh, from oh, eight years ago. Did you and, find it? Yeah, we were, t- we were talking about how you and I had recently had a conversation about how both of us are so much better looking with age than what we looked like then. Uh. That, was, like, that was bad. And then um, from there, we ended up we ended up out on your tour or on a few of your tour dates in 2013. Yes. I think we <clears throat> we'd we'd gotten along and like kind of started to keep in touch. And then like I like we'd reached out to Peter Ferguson, who obviously was coordinating the tour at the time, and said, "Look, we got on with Jai. Like it'd be really fun to go out on the tour." And before we knew it, we were doing the. I, I was looking back. I think we did the Dundee gig with you at the Whitehall Theatre, and also yes. the. Rothis Hall's gig in Glen Rothis. Uh-huh. I'll say yes to that. Definitely did too. <laughs> I, I'm trying to remember, actually. I think, I can't remember. Anyway, was it snowing? No, I've been there twice. <clears throat> nah, it, was, it might have been snowing, actually. They, they were great gigs, though. Like, it was nice. It was great to obviously go out and play to, to your crowd. Yeah. Ali remembers doing sound for you in that year as well. Yeah, the very first Yay. time I ever mixed Jai McDowell Live was at Camperdown Country Park on the 31st <laughs> of March 2015. Camperdown Country? What was I doing? <laughs> you're, you're on a stage singing. And the only reason I remember... Oh, I thought he was the Easter Bunny. Well, he may well have been at the same time. The only reason I remember this was I was scrolling through my phone the other week looking for photos and came across a photo and I was like, what's Jai in that photo singing on the stage? Was this an outside gig? It was, yes. I remember this. Camperdown yeah. Country Park, of course yes. it's an yeah. gig. <laughs> oh, I don't know. No, it's, no, I actually remember this. So there was another band called Reconnected or Connected. Yeah. I can't remember. But it just, sorry, just randomly, because I remember I remember Big Solomon as well. So there was a guy, Big Solomon used to be my tour manager. And um, I had literally, I just parted ways with like Sony and my management team at the time. And I phoned him up and I was like, can you come be my tour manager for a day? And then he invoiced me and I was like, never again. You're amazing, but that's a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) I I wondered why you were looking depressed and sad that day. I thought you just didn't like Easter. I mean, nobody had got me chocolate by this point, so I probably was a bit hungry. Um, Speaking of which, what's on your rider or what was on your rider? I mean, I reckon 2011-12, you could have had a decent rider. Do you know what? I genuinely didn't have a good... I, In fact, speaking of that gig, mm. I connected with... So there was a guy that was managing the band, that reconnected band called Andrew, and um, he was my very, very first tour manager. Since then, actually, he's told me that when he was driving me all the way up from, I think it was maybe Sheffield or something, it was, like a, it was a gig with Nickelodeon, and um, I went all the way down and all the way back up the back roads to Ayrshire, and he was like, oh, yeah, I just did an operation the day before. Um, and I'd literally just rushed through a driving test to get my test to come pick you up the next day because oh I'd had to I'd had to like leave. I can't remember why he lost his, his license. I, I think he'd um, get too many points or something. I can't remember. Speeding or something. It wasn't anything too crazy, but you know what I mean. Anyway, so, so years later, I found out this and I was like, no wonder I panicked in the back of that car. <laughs> no wonder. Um, and I genuinely felt really bad because we'd got up the, that morning and he was like, oh yeah, I said, so what are you doing this job for? He said, I'm trying to save up and, and buy the Batmobile. 
And I was like, what? Who is this guy? Why do you keep sending me this? Anyway, long story short, cutting, like fast forwarding, I sang at his wedding. He's now married. He's got a beautiful wee girl. And I'm hopefully <laughs> going to see him at some point when COVID is no longer a thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, so we're good friends. Ah, like just reminded me about the night that we oh. um, supported you in, in Dundee. Uh, we'd gone for a curry. Literally, we're greeted with the slowest servers that you've ever seen. And I remember all of us at, at various points and we really like, we need the curry to hurry. We need like, we, we need to go, right? And in the end, we are wolfing, like we, we are wolfing down the remnants of this curry in the car on the way around to the, to the venue. We jumped out of the car. We like literally threw our kilts on and like we had to go in a, like a different buckle than normal because we felt so full after wolfing down this curry. <laughs> and we literally <laughs> ran on stage. Like it was, like we, we made it by a whisker, like an absolute whisker. It was pretty... That was not very fun, put it that way. <laughs> Speaking of Dundee, we had you join us oh. uh, four years ago um, when we played that show. Oh, that's fine. And <laughs> <laughs> four, four years ago, um, we had that um, gig where we were launching, I think, one of our EPs. It must have been the Definition EP, I think. Um, and we had yourself and, and the late, great Alan Longmuir from oh. the Bay City Rollers um, come and join us. That was a hell of a night. That was a great experience. It was good, actually. I never thought I would sing Walk Woman. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Never thought I would see you in an extra small t-shirt either. <laughs> I still have that t-shirt. Still have it. Does not fit me. Genuinely doesn't. I've actually got to the stage I've definitely got a COVID body because I ordered stuff recently and uh, was like, oh, medium doesn't fit me anymore. I don't think it fitted you four years ago, yeah. never mind now. I think what, what had happened was I'd said to you, oh, would you wear a Gladrick t-shirt for coming out to sing Lock Woman with us? Yeah, no bother. And I'd thrown you one, but I'd obviously thrown you the wrong size. But to be fair, you, pl you played the game, you, you squeezed into it and you still went and sung a blinder. It's all right, as long as you don't take photos for the site. <laughs> <laughs> it's still... To be um, fair. Do you know that's the last time that we had that we actually properly had drinks with you? I know that we did it when with Jonathan after the show mm. at the White Hall. To be fair, I was supposed to be back on tour during COVID times. I'm just yeah. going to refer to it as COVID times from now on. <laughs> <laughs> COVID times, so, and um, yeah, and and that didn't happen. Yeah, and then 2017, well. you obviously lend lend lended lended loaned lended. allowed us to use your voice. Lent, lent, yeah, lent. lent. You lent us your voice for uh, Highland Road. Um, which was great as well. Yes. Um, we well, I remember that. You're, you've got a good name, right? Or you've just wrote, oh, that's done. Well, yeah, I have wrote. done that. And then, obviously, uh, I saw you with Jonathan on the Lay Musicals tour uh, in Dundee, back at the same venue, actually, the Whitehall Theatre, mm -hmm. um, in June 2019, uh, definitely 2019. How did you find that tour? Brilliant. Actually, really brilliant. I, um, I went on kind of, because it was that was the probably the most intense tour I'd ever done. Normally, if I've toured, I've maybe had like a couple of nights on, a couple of days off, you know, back out again, whatever. Whereas this was like five nights on, a couple of nights off, five nights on, a couple of nights off. And in between all this, you're travelling around on a tour bus. And it was my very first time on a tour bus as well, which was great. That was your first time? It was, yeah. Yeah, I'd never been on, well, I'd never been on a sleeper tour bus, like mm -hmm. a, a proper one. Like With the Britain's Get Talent Tour, we were basically like on a bus. And then stopping every like staying at hotels and things. J Jonathan, do you know what? He doesn't do it in halves. And um, the tour itself, like production wise, song choices, all that sort of thing, he always likes. And even costumes, like we had yeah. brilliant costumes. And so hopefully, hopefully we'll get back out yeah. this year uh, in 2021. Um, yeah, the, the, and hopefully, yeah, we'll get to 
the thing was, the tour, the tour was so well received as well. You were selling out big venues all over the yeah. country. It was brilliant, and it was good for both of us. Like, I think, you know, it was just one of those things, you know how where you just meet people and you click, yeah. and it just works. And it was really nice because we got on, we got on like off stage and on yeah. stage. And I think like the fans liked that. Like a lot of the fans, because Jonathan had toured with Ridian Roberts the year before. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah, a lot yeah. of the fans didn't know who like I was or or hadn't heard me or saw me live or weren't my fans or whatever. And a lot of them came along and said, you know, like, yeah, we're, we're definitely Jai fans now. And it's all because of this and it's been great. And a lot of them are very supportive and very loyal. And it's just, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. And it's all just because of a chance random meeting yeah. one so like there must have been some strange like things that have happened to you like over the years like pretty surreal stuff that that's pretty crazy that blows your mind right uh because we've, we've just been talking about you know it's blown our mind that we've got listeners in israel like i don't know the philippines wherever so, like you must have had some crazy like situations like that yeah it's pretty pretty awesome a couple of things actually spring to mind one of them was getting a number one with a, a single in mauritius <laughs> i absolutely have no idea what that is and i had to google it at the time <laughs> And I I sent the the text to to the songwriter at the time, and he was like, um, "Where's Marisha? He's American, so he was like, "I have no idea what this is." And the second thing actually was I was on a, a tour in Thailand, and it just came to me. And I was in Malaysia, and I was in a restaurant, and I had managed to pretend that I wasn't well, not not that I wasn't me, but my official name is James like on my birth certificate so people were calling me James um I don't answer to that by the way so please don't call me I will ignore you <laughs> and, <laughs> and so everybody was calling me James so they were like well, what do you do for a living I, I work in theatre <laughs> telling lies and we were in a restaurant and uh, I think it's like the Cameron Highlands it's called in Malaysia and this guy stops me and he's like, oh can I get a photo can I get a photo and funny other story is I'd recently been stopped <laughs> in Heathrow Airport because somebody thought it was Chris Hemsworth. And I was like, oh, not again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, I'll take it. No. So I genuinely thought he'd mistaken me for someone else. <laughs> Bring me to life. Bring me to life. And I'm like, oh, my God, he knows who I am. <laughs> so then, of course, everyone here is looking up. And obviously, I'd, I'd kind of said, oh, call me Jai, whatever, to some people. So they looked up Jai McDowell and while I'm getting this photo taken and smiling, Bring Me To Life, my addition for Bring Me To Life blasts out behind me and I was like, oh my God, that's, well, I can't lie now. (laughs) Happy days. (laughs) So that was quite funny. One experience that I'd like to ask you about is singing in Glasgow with Josh Groban. Josh Groban. Oh, Josh. That was, well, that was quite rushed actually. That was a bit random. So I was a fan of Josh at the time um, because years like a couple of years previous to going on Britain's Got Talent, I joined an amateur theatre group in my local area, down in Ayr, and we'd done the musical Chess, and Josh had actually sang for the soundtrack to the, the musical, so I'd listened to him to sort of like learn my stuff, and then I just became a massive fan of his stuff as a result, and that's why, because to where you are, that I sang on Britain's Got Talent in the final, that was Josh's song, and the reason, obviously I sang it was just because I was a fan, and so it was quite funny. I, I was I just happened to be out actually randomly trying to drink with friends <laughs> for the first time in like forever. I just happened to one of them said, "Oh, why don't you try and meet Josh?" Because we'd already had tickets to go and see the show, and uh, they were like, "Oh, why don't you try and meet him?" And I cheekily had you know maybe a couple of drinks in me, and I was like, "I'll oh, text my manager and see whether you know that's possible." So I text him, and he texts me back, and he was like, oh, "I'll go and check and see." And literally about twenty minutes, half an hour later, he phones me, and I was like, "Oh, um." How do you fancy singing with Josh? 
and this was like the Friday night and the, the gig was on the Sunday. Wow. So I was like, ah. So my friends just saw me put the drink down. I was like, I can't, can't have this now. I was like, I can't be crap with Josh Groban because it's Josh Groban. And it was brilliant. Like we ended up, so I met him before the gig and we ran through the song a couple of times and he was like, yeah, you know, you sing this bit, I'll sing this bit, blah, blah, blah. And he was so calm. And I was like, what? Who's this? Is Josh Groban? Has anybody else seen this? No, just me. <laughs> and uh, it was, yeah, it was quite, it was quite intense. Like, it, it, there's a clip on YouTube as well, and it's quite funny because I turned up. So I was told to to wear like my gigging clothes at the time. So I turned up in a leather jacket and boots, <laughs> and he's <a> nice <laughs> suit jacket. And he's obviously, you know, he's been on tour for a wee while around the UK. So he's like, oh, this is my tour. I know what I'm doing. It's great. I was myself <laughs> I was just like no this is I just couldn't let go of the mic it was horrendous and oh when you were with uh, Josh Groban and you're holding on to the mic stand and stuff that was something in your first edition that was picked up by David Hasselhoff you've done your research you. yeah true. and it then was, it was fast forward to when you done the champion show and yeah. you said how much you've changed and more confident well so wasn't as nerve-wracking but I think I'd sort of had a word with myself and I was like you've done this for yeah. like I mean that was what eight years yeah it was yeah. sort of 2019 so eight years I was like you've been doing this like pretty much day in and day out for eight years get a grip of yourself yeah. um but because of like I think because of the Simon stuff because of the um all of that I just didn't know what I was walking into mm. but the opportunity was there and I thought you know what this needs to be one way or another you know he could have hated me and been like you know what you're a, an ungrateful little blah or you know it went the way that it did and actually we managed to talk and you know I was I kind of said my bit and yeah. he was like you know what, it's fine like misquote it happens all the time blah 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 and it was great like and it was great and he you know took some of the sort of like blame for the way things happened and it was nice it was just it's just good, like, yeah, to I, have I that closure. I didn't, yeah, that's what I was about to say. I didn't know you initially when you auditioned for Britain's Got Talent, but by the time, obviously, the champions came around, I'd known you for, like, seven years. Um, yeah. And I knew the story. We'd spoken a lot of times about, like, that situation with Simon and whatnot. And then, like, it was it was really nice to, to watch and witness that kind of closure. And I guess you could see that you were kind of emotional about the fact that he had come out and it was like the pressure was lifted off you from him. Yeah. It was, it definitely was. And I think, you know, I, I've always been grateful for Britain's Got Talent and the show because I wouldn't be doing the job I'm doing without it. Or at least, I'm, you know, you never know how life works out. But I don't think I would have been because, as I said, like, I was a support worker. I enjoyed my job and I probably would have. I, and I did say to myself when Britain's Got Talent, you know, came along that if it didn't work out, that was that was it. Like, I was happy with the job I was in and I was happy with what I was doing. And so, yeah, so I wouldn't be... I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now if it wasn't for that. I think and that's, that's part of the thing, though. You're you're still like a you're very much a humble human being, which you know I'm gonna need to sort that in 2021. <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. Although it's quite funny because there's I've met a lot of people over the years who just I think assume that you're gonna be a diva, and I'm like, nope, nope. Like you were asking, oh, I didn't I didn't actually answer this question. You were asking about my riders, mm. and. Um, genuinely for the first little while like my rider was a kettle and water <laughs> and and if I stayed if I stayed at a hotel overnight I'd always ask for breakfast before I traveled out the next place but I I never really you know depending on where it was or, or whatever um 
and it was again the, the guy Andrew um, that he's kind of from Blackpool area so when I've done gigs for him he'll go out and he'll like I remember doing one um, at the North Pier in uh, Blackpool uh, of all random places they, they actually had my they, they set up my dressing room they got me sweeties and crisps and like like I don't know M&M's and stuff like that but he'd actually went and bought me like a a bottle of Jack Daniels and I genuinely got quite a mo- I was like this is lovely why why you get and he actually that's what he said to me he was like do you know what everybody else has walked in here and they've just been like this is normal and you're you're actually genuinely happy about what you've got and I'm like this doesn't happen everywhere <laughs> like, yeah. genuinely I get water I get that's all the time story, though. That's, um, that's really, yeah it shows you it shows yeah. you that you've never really like you've never forgotten your roots and where you've come from which is a, a great thing I don't think there's any need to. I think no. probably be a wee bit more confident, but um, mm. I think everybody's got that issue. So another artist that has had, I guess, issues with that over the years is Susan Boyle, right? Uh, in terms of confidence yeah. and whatnot. Talk. Let's talk about Susan Boyle because you've um, you went and did, we started off talking about that tour. Um, what is what is Susan yeah. like as a person, um, and and how was that tour for you? To be honest, yeah, she's lovely. We we spoke quite a lot, actually, more than I thought we would, because I've I've done support slots over the years, uh, and I've opened for a few artists over the years, and some of them don't speak to you. <laughs> they just don't speak to you, you know. Whereas with Susan, um, because it was such a such a big tour, you know, I made I made a point of you know like making sure she knew I was like happy to be there, because yeah. I think it's quite because um, I. I um, I'd met Susan a few times over the years and I know that, you know, we, we get on pretty well, but I know that she has confidence issues and I know she takes time to warm to people. And so I wanted to to make that easier for her um, yeah. as well as myself. But at the same time, I'm all for an easy working environment. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I want everybody to enjoy themselves and I know how stressful it is as an artist to go out and try and do a tour um, with your name on it. Yeah. And so it's one of those things and you know we're not nobody's immune to that like it doesn't matter if you're you know me Susan Boyle I don't know Mariah Carey you know they'll probably all still stress about folk and turning up and enjoying themselves and doing a good job and yeah I think it was one of those things because yeah we all had a great time we even had time for a wee party night in Cardiff which was fun it was just good to nice chill out and then we were talking about going to America and talking about recording songs in an album and Covid, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> we, I mean we were, but yeah. Hopefully, yeah. when the world starts spinning well, properly, we'll be able to do all that stuff. That's but, the thing. So the, the world inevitably, in time, will return to normal, and hopefully, yeah. in the not too distant future. Yeah. What are your hopes and plans and aspirations for 2021, and then going forward as well? What do you want? Like, there must still be stuff that you want to achieve. Oh yeah, oh there's there's lots. Um. Over the years, I've sort of, because of the theatre side of things, I've branched out into acting on stage. Um, but I have done sort of a lot of work in terms of um, learning about acting on screen and and on stage. So a bit of both. But I'd love to, I'd love to try my hand at acting. I'd love to do it. I've always liked the sort of what's the word like escapism of it, like the idea of playing somebody different, and especially like now because I've been watching a lot of movies and TV series and series series. That'll do. <laughs> <laughs> I watch the characters, and I think this is amazing. Imagine having that as your job, like being able to play different people and escape and give other people sort of the escapism as well. It's sort of that sort of thing. Like during the whole pandemic situation, I genuinely don't think I would have got through it without movies and TV. And 
things like that. So yeah, you're going to be <laughs> popping up on Coronation Street or something sometime soon. Yeah, never know. <laughs> um, no, genuinely, like it's definitely something I would love to explore. Um, and then 2021 will be my 10 year anniversary of the show. So originally, because with the way things were happening. I was supposed to have toured the UK in 2020 and done a couple other things. So I was hoping to possibly go round to some of those venues myself, but that probably won't happen. Not sure. We'll see. We'll see. But um, I've got another few ideas up my sleeve anyway, just in terms of sort of a way, ways to celebrate the, the kind of 10 year. Yeah. And just see what happens. Uh, honestly, I think 2021 is just going to be a Wait and see. Yeah. Come my way. <laughs> We're going to hit you with some kind of quick fire questions before we... <laughs> what? First one is, obviously this is going out in, on January the 4th, right? But right. It's, we're, in, we're recording in the middle of November. Would you do okay. I'm a Celebrity if you were asked? Yes. Only if it was in Australia. How much would you need to be paid to be a life model? To be honest, not that much. As long as I had plenty of planning so that I could go to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> Is this in COVID times or regular times? I don't know. Regular times? <laughs> I, I think it's intriguing. I actually think stuff that, like, I, yeah, that intrigues me. And I think everybody should get out of their comfort zone once in their life. And that's a pretty good way to get out of your comfort zone. Mo- most embarrassing moment on a stage or, mu- or to, to, to do with music? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, God. Oh, I had to sing Little Mermaid. Weirdly enough, um, somebody asked me the same question as you. What was the first song? And then they asked me to sing it. And thankfully, I knew the words. Randomly. Well, what's the most starstruck you've been? Roy Variety, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah, I don't know why, because there was so many other people there. Yeah. But I just, I don't know. I don't know. I was just like, oh my God. He's a legend. Well, I should have spoken to him now. Okay, we're going to hit you with some never never have I ever questions. Right? So we've, got oh. some... <laughs> we've got some cards here, and Ali and I are going to pick some out, and you need to be honest. Never have, oh. Oh. No, never have I ever created a fake Twitter or Facebook account to stalk another person. No, I mean, I haven't. No, no. Uh, never have I ever passed out with my head in the toilet. Yeah, I have. <laughs> when was the last time? To be fair, it's been a while. I was quite young and I was in the night, a nightclub and the bouncer had to actually break the door because I was I'm, I'm coming, I'm coming. And he broke the door. I was I'm fine. I was never. <laughs> never have I ever worn an all white tuxedo. <laughs> that's a that's a yes. Eh? I'm um, not. I promise I'm not. You don't. You don't have to. <laughs> don't have to say any names on this one. In fact, please don't. Never have I ever had sex on the first date. <laughs> he has. He, he definitely has. has. Definitely has. Never. <laughs> moving on. Never have I ever regretted dating someone. No, because everybody's like, what's the thing? Is it a season, a reason, or whatever? A lesson? I don't know. Lesson Can't remember I- the quote, but. Yeah, that's a nice way of thinking of it. Two more, right? Never have I ever done the walk of shame. <laughs> yeah. When was the last Many time? Many times. When was the last time you done the walk of shame? Oh boy. Um. Oh no, it was a while ago. I actually can't remember. A long while ago. Like I think. So I used to work in a pub in the village I grew up in in Turbolton, and that was probably one of the last times I think we'd walk in, and I walked home, and I hope that my old landlord doesn't watch this. <laughs> uh, and another person we're going to wish doesn't watch this as well is probably the tax man. Last question: <laughs> Never have I ever purchased an adult pay-per-view movie on a business trip and tried to expense it. <laughs> uh, no, no. Oh, <laughs> no. I would have been. We've gone from sowing seeds in the grass and painting yeah. the house to paying for adult like, adult movies, adult movies, and putting it on. You expense. don't pay for that. You just get it on your phone for free. <laughs> 
Well, that took a weird turn. Yeah, well, I know. Jesus. Oh, dear. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, it's, uh, Thank you. It's been great fun. to chat with you. Um, and hopefully we'll actually get to see you in person very soon. I mean, I wish it was near recording at half seven and I would have had booze rather than coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I never even thought. Also, it's a school night, so no. I mean, some of the, some of those responses, could they have been more interesting if there was booze involved? Mm. 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 Mr. <laughs> Jamie Dell, thank you very much for coming thank on. Thank you, boys. Cheers. Cheers, Jerry.